Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Today, we fill out the Kirk Cousins bingo card that you can have by your side while you watch his Netflix special. Hey, this is Arif Hassan with Pro Football Network. I have recently discovered I am the protagonist of reality, and Luke and Sam are my faithful sidekicks. I'm Luke Brown of Lockdown Vikings. Arif is lying to you. I'm obviously the antagonist of reality. More nonsense like that coming up on today's Minnesota football party. Locked on sports, Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota football party. It's your guys hanging out talking next level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings' Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota Football Party. And it starts now. It's the Minnesota football party on Lockdown Sports Minnesota. It's a new week. Welcome in here on Lockdown Sports Minnesota. I'm Sam Ekstrom covering the Vikings here at Lockdown Sports Minnesota, part of the Ron Johnson show as well, and Minnesota Sports Rankum. That's Arif Hassan to my right. He's at Arif Hassan NFL Pro Football Network, uh, NFL expert and writer. Luke Braun is on mute right now. Now he's not. He's locked on Vikings. And, uh, he is our Minnesota Vikings local daily podcast host, joining us on Mondays and Thursdays. Uh, glad you are with us today. We're going to be talking about doomsday scenarios for the Vikings. How will the season unravel, if indeed it does? What's going to cause that? How could things go very pear-shaped for the Vikings? Most compelling training camp competitions, edge, tackle, corner, backup running back. We'll get into all of that as well. Plus, the Netflix special starring Kirk Cousins comes out on Wednesday. We will give you a bingo card of Kirk Quirks to watch for. You can fill it out during your viewing of the show. Uh, I think we all need to binge it before Thursday's episode so we can come with some spicy takes. This oh is July goodness. in the NFL. I, this is your homework assignment. Um, Jesus. This is what we do in July. On NFL podcasting. We're brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook <laughs> partner of Locked On. Make every moment more at fanduel.com slash locked on. Get started today. Uh, free and available as well wherever you get your podcasts here on this program. And we're on YouTube. Please subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota. Before we have our fun with Kirk and quarterback, his Netflix special, let's talk doomsday scenarios for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, everyone's kind of projecting them middle of the pack. The, the over-unders are eight and a half at most sports books right in the middle. But I think that we still view this team with somewhat of a high floor. Maybe not, maybe you don't, but I think most probably think this team is going to be at minimum around that 500 mark. But how could the wheels fall off? How could it go disastrously wrong um, let's start with you, Luke Braun. You're back from a, a rejuvenating trip. How was it? How are you doing? Uh, it, it was lovely. There were, uh, many, a travel nightmare, uh, United airlines, I hope dies in a fire, but mm. honestly mm. with 
<laughs> with with the Vikings having a high floor, for some, that is the doomsday scenario, right? There's a, like a contingent of Vikings fans that is either win the Super Bowl or please win one game. There's no in-between. Anything in between is, is bad team management. So it, for me, the doomsday scenario is everything goes normal and the Vikings end up like nine and eight and they get the seven seed and lose in the wild card round. That's like the worst thing for people. And that that's like the the prediction that if you are a weak Vikings fan that hates winning, you can just skip weak. the season. That's what's going to happen. Weak. Get the 21st weak. pick in I the said draft. It. I say it all the time. <laughs> Your spirit is wanting. Yes. <laughs> Toughen up. It's sports. <laughs> Now, are you saying that that is your Rubs doomsday, Luke Braun, or is that just some people's doomsday? No, I, I feel like it, uh, I'll leave the easier answers uh, to everyone else about like oh, the corners are bad or whatever. But uh, I'll say the doomsday it. scenario is everything turns out normally and they hover around 500 and they're just OK. And then they don't get a, a, a top five draft pick, which if you look at like the New York Jets is clearly what saves a franchise. <laughs> Arif Hassan. <laughs> random zach wilson slander just out of nowhere man just a drive out of nowhere it's always appropriate <laughs> when was uh, sam darnold too was geno smith a uh top 10 guy no no he was, the second he was the first oh. round yeah yeah never mind um but they did fumble that it turns out <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> i love how that both yeah, did and didn't good. work geno out smith. Yeah, <laughs> it both did and didn't uh, work out, and both in ways that disadvantage the Jets. Yeah, it's just perfect. It really is ideal. Uh, no, I mean, so the Vikings doomsday scenarios. We could go through all of the familiar or likely scenarios that the Vikings could uh, doom themselves from ones that are maybe not necessarily in the cards based off of a look at the roster, but are in the cards because spiritually they are the Vikings, like a missed kick you know, taking them out of the playoffs or something like that. That's like on the table, right? Or we could talk about the cornerbacks and how they're not ready. And now they're all, you know, uh, unreliable and don't have experience. And you've only got Byron Murphy and the defense could actually get worse instead of better. Um, Or Kirk Cousins uh, no longer has the creativity that he had last season, but is not as efficient as he was in previous seasons. You just get the worst of both worlds. All of those are normal doomsday scenarios for the Vikings. But the problem is the Vikings continue to invent new ways to hurt you. And football is such a multifaceted sport, right? There are so many things that can happen in a football game that can doom you, right? The idea, for example, that the Vikings could begin losing a number of games because their long snapper is injured. That's on the table. Like we, they've experimented with long snappers dooming their season before, but they've never fully committed. They've always had a Jared Allen or a guy willing to cut off his pinky, right? It's just, you know, those things have prevented the, I'm not talking about Ronnie Lott. I just want to be clear, but uh, <laughs> those things have prevented, um, you know, that particular doomsday scenario from playing out. You know, we've seen, you know, punting problems from, from Vikings punters, but have we seen a punter doom the season? Maybe, maybe we'll see that. So, uh, you know, I, I think that I think that the problem with the Vikings is that they will find an unheard of way for your season to go awry. And it is a fool's errand to try and predict out of the infinite things that could make a season go sideways. Like Kirk Cousins could just, I don't know, join a cult. <laughs> what is the more damaging injury or cult related absence? that could happen on this team 
Is it it's quarterback? It's always quarterback. Is, Stop okay. asking this question, Sam. Well, Justin Jefferson's decent at his job. I agree that Kirk Cousins is the more damaging loss because yes. you have other sure. receivers. Um, but do you, do you, you guys go, both agree with that? You you it can go with Jefferson would, if you really want to. If you really want to do with Jefferson, you could say that like he doesn't sign a contract extension this offseason. Like the Vikings choose to wait, like Mike Florio posited, and then he gets hurt, which muddies the whole thing, and then he doesn't sign a contract extension. He actually just becomes a free agent. That would, yeah, that that's a doomsday scenario that is not related to wins or losses. He's got a fifth year um, option, but you know, but they don't pick it up because he got hurt. Or wait, no, that well, I mean, already, it's, already, it's already picked up. They trade dog. Yeah, what am I talking about? <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, like, that's the doomsday well, scenario. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you that's could, it, I mean, yeah. there, there's like, there's enough on the roster right now for us to like begin moving in a doomsday scenario, right? Like Daniil Hunter could force a trade, right? Like that could yeah. be, yeah. So if like, let's say Kirk Cousins remains the Iron Man that he is, right? You could still have a Justin Jefferson injury. You could have a Daniil Hunter, you know, forcing a trade. Um, You could have you know, discontent, you know, in the locker room in some area, right? So like, you know, a player gets arrested, right? We didn't even talk about that one. That is almost certainly on the table. So, you know, that's, uh, why are we talking about this, Sam? This is so sad. <laughs> and I love it. Um, I think the, the realistic doomsday is that the defense is just bad the way it was last year. No mm -hmm. better, no worse. Mm-hmm. And the offense is the way it was last year, but the the win total is like close claim. So, yeah. so much worse. Like yeah. things could be the the defense. You know what? The defense could be better. The defense uh, twenty eleven. It oh, where they lose every close game, and the defense is bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The uh, there's a three and thirteen year, right? Yep. 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 Thank you, Donovan. <laughs> How about? Donovan McNabb. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. That was McNabb. So let's do a Hall week six breakout game. <laughs> let's do an ad lib retrospective on the 2011 Vikings. Season starts. Percy Harvin houses it in San Diego. And, and McNabb passes for like 35 yards in that game. <laughs> and they blow a halftime lead. Next week at home, Tampa, they look unstoppable in the first half and blow like what? 17 point lead, 20 point who, lead. Who was Tampa's quarterback at the time? Josh uh, Freeman. Oh yeah. Oh, he makes a, he makes a return appearance. <laughs> that was foreshadowing. <laughs> Vince Gilligan, plant and payoff. <laughs> Week three, they look unstoppable against Detroit at home. 20 point lead. 23 point lead. Oh, they right. lose they that game it. in overtime. Yeah, I think the only lead they don't blow is the Cardinals game, which I don't know if that's like a couple of weeks down the road from here, but they just scored so many points in like the first quarter that even the Vikings could not blow. The it, Cardinals, remembering this correctly, that box score, I but, think it was but week none five. of us believed that. We were like, oh, yeah, how are we going to take off this time? It was like 28 0. Yeah. I don't know what this Like 28 0, and McNabb had like 12 yards. I don't know how it came together. It's like watching Scooby-Doo struggle to solve a mystery. It's like, it's not a question of it. It's how. It's how. Yeah. <laughs> Let's look at this box score. This is what we do in July, folks. So October 9th, 2011, 
Pro Football Database. 28 nothing after one quarter. Good recollection. Adrian Peterson, four-yard run. Adrian Peterson, 24-yard run. Donovan McNabb, four-yard run, not pass. Adrian Peterson, 14-yard run. So big fantasy day for Adrian. Um, Donovan, you're like 38 years old. What are you doing running the ball, man? Donovan, 10 of 21 for 169 yards. So okay, that's what you're doing. Nice, by the way. Yeah. Not as pitiful as I thought, but I don't think yeah. they exactly like 10 of 21. He was not lighting uh, anything up on that. What, what happened to Adrian uh, that year? Do you remember, Sam? <laughs> anything notable happen with Adrian that year? Speaking of I getting out of torn ACL. <laughs> yeah, and I'm talking about the Deshaun Gomez potentially pulling his leg on FedEx Field for the torn ACL. <laughs> Allegedly. Yes. <laughs> yes. uh, fun thing um, about this you, season Donovan McNabb in 2011 was my pro player comp for Hendon Hooker this year does he always dirt the ball is that like a thing <laughs> what More year Donovan hope. McNabb did you say his Donovan pro McNabb. comp was 2011 yeah. Donovan McNabb that's right that is correct that is what I that is that is what I said the, gosh you uh, hate him so much about him I did that is as bad an insult as you can give a prospect. What's amazing is that, like, that's pretty, yeah. What's amazing is that the 2011 Vikings were just a, like, disaster. They were, like, on fire the whole time. It was miserable. And I think a lot of us were just like, man, it's better than 2010. You know, it's just, it's just but like, at least we suck, right. but, like, normally. It was, like, it was yeah, a boring right, yeah. suck. Yeah. Yeah. Which just with no yeah. with no and, expectation. And the thing is, a boring suck is like having a ton of first quarter leads and blowing them for losses. Like these are legitimately yeah, right. exciting games, and we're just like, thank God the season is calm. The stadium <laughs> is still erect. Like this is yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, the stadium's at full mast, if you will. <laughs> to use your... Um. So and the quarterback, and is... as far as we know, isn't. Well, if trying to circle this back to yeah the no documented evidence, right? This is why it's so hard to I think picture the ultimate doomsday scenario, right? Like, and if you and and Fanduel, well, so for instance, (laughs) Fanduel alternate win lines under five and a half is like the longest odds that they post plus 550 because they just don't like that's not realistic at all in their mind that the Vikings win five or fewer games because Kirk Cousins has too high of a floor. Yeah. 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 Donovan, he's not Donovan McNabb. He is not. Um, but there's always the possibility that the birds get their revenge and collapse U.S. Bank Stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Always. There a possibility. Is... Yeah. Yep. As as much as Kirk Cousins is known for protecting his body and not getting hurt and taking good care of himself and stuff, that possibility always is the case. You can always just step wrong and be unlucky. Yeah, that's like the thing about like these Iron Man records. Iron Man records are like a product of being lucky. More like obviously yeah. there is some level of skill involved, but no amount of skill will guarantee a zero percent chance of injury, right? And so the ability to kind of maintain your health is both a product of the work that you put in. And an enormous amount of luck. And also, you can't like tell me that Brett Favre was doing the most to take care of his body, right? No, like, that's... certainly not. And in fact, <laughs> see, well, to trick his different... brain into thinking he was taking care of his body, maybe. Well, yeah, okay, yeah, he was, he was doing it's a different thing with Favre. Famously, that, yeah. So, like, Favre <laughs> was actually concussed, hurt, 
drunk, high. Like he was playing through all of those actual physical things. Whereas I think Kirk Cousins just has the genetic makeup. Like he just doesn't get hurt. Like he, his body. That is such a weird superpower for like an average talented quarterback to have. (laughs) Right. A fairly unathletic, like not tremendously (laughs) built. Um, Although Kirk, we saw his abs. You know, Kirk yeah, he's Jack. video. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he's like working out every day. He's an NFL quarterback. But, you know, when we compare him to his peers at the position as opposed to, you know. Remember me. that that picture of wasn't it like Eli Manning at the beach? And it's like just a dad. <laughs> like This dude has two that Super ruled. Bowls. Yeah. That ruled. Yeah. Like and that's Cullen. another guy that never got hurt. Yeah. Right. Did Eli ever get hurt? Oh, yeah, no, I don't the think famous start it, streak. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Benched by Ben McAdoo. Ben McAdoo, crazy over it. Yeah, and honestly, like for, I mentioned, Jay Cutler. If I recall, G- Geno Smith for Geno Smith. Yeah, uh, which yeah. was the right move, and Ben McAdoo was run out for the wrong reasons. But um, I want to add that, like, so Jay Cutler, obviously, he got hurt a number of times. But for somebody who's like dealing with diabetes, actually, that's very impressive how long he was able to stay on the field. I will add that. Hmm. No, that is for sure. Um, let's do our Kirk Cousins bingo card since we're talking Kirk and Might it's fun. Well. Let's fill it out after a word from FanDuel. Uh, I just told folks that you can adjust the win totals at FanDuel right now. You can go and bet Vikings over 5.5 wins. You can put your mortgage on it and win like $8, but you can do it. You can also bet them under 11.5 wins. You can put your other mortgage on it. You can win $7. Um but that's all at FanDuel. There's hundreds of ways to wager on NFL futures and also MLB uh, games after the All-Star break. All-Star game, of course, coming up. Uh, but you can get in the action by betting 20, getting 200. You will get 10 times your initial bet if you're a new customer in bonus bets back. So bet 20, get 200. Not a bad promotion over there at FanDuel. You can bet run lines, uh, over-unders, all the MLB lines, and all the NFL future lines as well at FanDuel Sportsbook. It's an easy-to-use app. You get paid instantly when you win. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get those bonus bets and bet at FanDuel today. All right, let's do a screen share so people can follow along. I think that that this is just a shout-em-out kind of activity. We're going to fill out 24 spots, freebie in the middle, what are quirks or events or goofy things that we're going to see on the, the Netflix special on Wednesday? I've got a few suggestions to get it started. Um, well, so can we can we make the free uh, square Kirko chains? Because that's obviously going to come up in a, a Netflix show recounting the Viking season about okay. Kirk Cousins, right? That has to be a freebie, right? Yes. Sounds good. I will put free things i also have uh grilling oh that's good that's a good one i have uh, we a... need... go ahead we need like some like particularly specific reference to god and i'm trying to like in my brain figure out um how kirk would do it in a way that is kind of unique to him right because every player you know that that is religious, which are most players, will find a way to reference God. 
but like Kirk does it in a particular and unique way. Maybe, uh, so, oh, how about this? How about this? Um, some reference to how he does not fear death, but for religious reasons and not for badass <laughs> reasons. For Davy um, Jones reasons. Okay, so if I just put, if I die, I die. Yeah. How about that? Okay. okay. But not, yeah, it go. doesn't have to be that quote for you to be able to check off that bingo. Is if I just die, the, I the, die the conversation spiritually. About philosophy. Yeah. Yeah, there spiritually, you go. Spiritually. Yeah. Great. Okay. What about the quote, tough times don't last, but tough people do? Oh, God. That's in there. Um, there we go. Uh, something uh, about, about like, oh, a, we, like playing like a CEO, right? I'm the CEO of the team. CEO. Sure. Yeah, that one's we got up. 24 spots, um, so we got to, yeah, I put them all is, up there. This is uh, like a profile. I'm going to say a family church outing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Getting the yeah. kids dressed up. Julie lays out the outfits. Yeah. Uh, some reference. Oh, that should be to... one. <laughs> Julie Actually, yeah, Julie yes. dresses me. Julie <laughs> dressing <laughs> Uh, but also uh, some reference to Kirk being particularly frugal, right? Like either it's, you know, his car is like a sure. used car that's beat up or, you know, whatever. But the frugality, I think, is like pretty central to his character. The vans. Yep. What about this? Something that's not central to his character, but we have heard it on occasion. A Kirk curse word. Oh, Wow. Because that could also come up in the context of like sideline video during a game, locker room, right? Sure, like we've heard sure. it. Mm-hmm. We've heard it a couple times. We'll see if it makes it to Netflix. Because hmm. they would highlight that too, right? As sort of a contrast to his normal Good. character. Wow, Kirk is fired up. Do, do you think there's a chance we could get a, a Kirk Cousins, Kevin O'Connell, unknown sideline spat? I that, I wrote that down. Like, yes, an argument. Perfect, How about an perfect. argument of any an kind? Argument. Yeah, but with with an argument specifically because we've seen him argue with receivers. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll, you like that or you like that somewhere in there? <laughs> that probably <laughs> that you like the first that. Space. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay. Fantastic, fantastic start, guys. We got still about ten more. How about a Don Cousins cameo? I mean, he's important to Kirk's life. Perfect. He would likely show up. Yeah. Okay. Boy. Man. Uh, and so this one has to be for Kirk because it would be too easy to apply to Mariota. But like, uh, no one believes in me type thing. Because, I mean, no one actually does believe in Mariota. Like, it would not be fair to yeah. include the whole. There yeah. you go. Yep. Um, anything that might come out of some of the specific games that happened during the season? Like, I just, the... what do you think he would be doing during, like, the Colts game, right? When they're leading this, like, tremendous historic comeback. Like, what what do you think would come up in his brain that we would see as like an interesting bingo card moment. See, it might be uh, it might be a very uninteresting thing. That is what about like bingo. a very uninspiring pep talk? Oh Milk, yes, there you go, milk toast pep talk. That's good. Like the, the probably, one from twenty eighteen, everybody reason. freaked out about when that he was, was like, great. "We're gonna go win, guys." 
Flex on three. And everybody was like, wow, what a, what a leader. Yeah. But like, there's probably a reason that like in the, in the recounting of the Colts game, they told us the story of Patrick Peterson's pep talk and not Kirk Cousins. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Man, that's, that one's good. Huh? Uh, Okay. How about Kirk playing catch with his kids? There you go. Sure. Uh, how about mention of contract? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Put that in there. Uh, Kirk talking up an objectively bad player. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I love that. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, uh, eight. Okay, we got we got eight more, so we can you know make them easy if you want. Eight more. Kirk is more bitter at the Washington football team than you think. Ooh, I like that. Like a like a like an unseen bitterness for that that Washington game. Because I kind of I always didn't believe him when he was like, no, it's just like a homecoming. You know, he's been so complimentary of Washington over the years that th- this is much. a good one. Yeah, this is a good one. Well, I mean, now the guy he likes no longer is there. Like Dan Snyder, or the guy he doesn't like is no longer there, right? Like Dan Snyder's just gone. And that's the guy he hated the most, which I think is yeah. a pretty universal. That's that's not oh. a hot take. Kirk but Cousins not at, at the time of that game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kirk Cousins in his office. Yeah. My understanding oh, is Kirk. that he may not have that office anymore, but I don't care. I want that on the bingo card. I think the the office that I'm thinking of, the like broom closet looking one, was That's in Washington. Brutal. I don't know what he has in Minnesota. He had something when he showed up in Minnesota, but I don't know if it's still there. But yeah, Kirk in an office, I think is just good stuff. Um, Like a late night what tape about session? Late night tape session? Um, What about some words descriptors that someone would use in a talking head about Kirk Cousins. Reliable. Um, Described as reliable. I can't think of like another, like that seems like the most likely, like if I'm a talking head trying to compliment this guy. Most likely like backhanded compliment. Yeah. You can count on him. Yeah. (laughs) He's always there. (laughs) <laughs> how about Kirk, you say Kirk about getting laughed company? at behind his back how about that oh that's a good one who are the backup quarterbacks sure. last year it was like nick mullins and who else it's mullins yeah it's just mullins oh can we throw um, a, a an emphatic golly in there oh a golly or a g willikers <laughs> yeah g willikers yeah like, like a curse that uh leave it to be um what's what's the name for uh when people take like shakespeare plays and make them kid-friendly bolderize or something like that you know what i'm talking about i don't know that word yeah there's this guy named uh boldler who like tried i'm to... familiar with the leo adaptation of romeo and juliet but i didn't know there was a word for that yeah so like uh a nerdy exclamation covers it but like a bolderized swear would be nice but yeah golly gee willikers gosh yeah, darn it like a, a nerdy it's got to be like a, a curse replacement. Yeah, nerdy swear. There you go. Yeah, nerdy which swear we, ha- we, yeah. we have we have Kirk cursing for real, and then Kirk cursing fake on the bingo card. Yeah. 
Uh, Kirk attempting to mentor the backup quarterbacks. Who's uh who was there a practice squad guy? I'm like I feel like there was a young quarterback, but it wasn't Kellen Mond. Josh Rosen. Yes. Can we just put <laughs> Josh Rosen appears anywhere? <laughs> Josh Rosen appears. Josh Rosen mentioned. Josh Rosen cameo, right next to Don. That's our last. That's our last square. We want to go Josh Rosen. I mean, that one sucks as a last square, but some of these ones ones are kind of weak sauce anyway. So you know. I feel like we're running out of steam. What about ones. Kirk? Kirk having a secret handshake or a like you know a choreographed oh handshake with a teammate. Okay, I like that. But I also want to replace something here. Um, maybe the mentoring backups one with Kirk Cousin producing a new niche nerdy interest because that's like a thing that like oh, his teammates have uh, killed the late night tape session. That one's weak. Oh, actually, yeah, kill that one. Yeah, um, but it's like because like one what one, one time he was like talking to the offensive line about units of time, right? Like how he's like, this is what a microsecond is. This is what a fortnight is. I find that interesting, and that like you know, <laughs> fine, whatever. But like that's kind of like a weird thing to bring up in a locker room. That's perfectly Kirk. I love. And it. when you say new, is it new in terms of like one we don't us. know that he already? Yeah, new to us. New to us as an interest of him, or new as in an interest that we have never thought about before. As in, it's not so, been so reported. We, we did we did not know that Kirk had this particular interest. Okay. It does not have to be a new field of study <laughs> that we've <laughs> never heard of. So he likes, for instance, The Office. We know he's a big Office nerd, right? The TV and show. he loves Nicolas Cage movies, so we can't include that. Which, oh, he and Tom Compton had some up. stuff when Tom Compton yeah. was here. They were like cycles of the moon, right? Yeah, it, that's that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Is yeah, like, yeah. If something yeah. adjacent like, to moon I found cycles. a new band. No, yeah, like. it, it, it would it'd be like, hey, have you ever heard of the Fae? And then he like tells you about like <laughs> historical brownies or something. Yeah, you're like, oh, all right. Like this is how flour right. is milled. Yeah, <laughs> he takes you on a tour. Yeah, the I watched a documentary flag. on it, and he wants to tell yeah. you about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. There we go. Yeah. All right, we'll put the bingo card out on Twitter for all to enjoy. Enjoy quarterback on Netflix Wednesday. Um, we just did a bunch be... of free promo. Unless we are we getting did. paid for this? A lot. No, nope, not a dime. <laughs> Netflix hung up on me. All right. We're partners with Sirius do. XM, the SXM app. Find all of our shows. Ron Johnson, Minnesota Football Party, Minnesota Sports Rankum. Search Lockdown Sports Minnesota on the SXM app. All right. Let's end with best position battles. This is a very traditional um, podcast topic. Not like what we've talked about up to this point. Um, best position battles, Arif. Uh, what's one or two that stand out to you? Uh, I mean, I think the one that that kind of drives a lot of our understanding of whether or not the Vikings have made the right moves and what's going to help kind of define the season is quarterback, right? We have an understanding right well, now that a Caleb, yeah, right, uh, that a Caleb Evans is going to win the starting job, which is pretty unusual—a second-year, fourth-round pick, right? Uh, and so, in two receiver sets, I think we 
think that there's a soft expectation that a Caleb Evans is going to start opposite Byron Murphy and then a nickel sits, maybe Makai Blackman comes in. But like any of that could change, like right? Like I don't think any of us would be like surprised if like Jawan Williams like won a starting job. I think we'd be maybe disappointed, but we wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Um, Andrew Booth obviously is has got like the most draft capital out of any of the guys that the Vikings have like developed that are still on the roster. And uh, and so the idea that he's not even a favorite, maybe he could play himself into becoming a favorite for one of those jobs. So I think the cornerback training camp battle is both kind of interesting and impactful. So that's probably the one I would highlight the most. Mm-hmm. Ron? Um, I think elsewhere in the secondary, the safety one is going to be the one that everybody looks at, right? Ken Lewis seen find his way somewhere on right. uh, into the rotation or find his way into the starting lineup, you know, beat out Josh Metellus and Cam Bynum. We kind of assumed last year that he could, he didn't. Can he do it year two is the big one, but I kind of am more compelled by some of the deeper roster stuff every year. Um, like the, the kind of roster bubble ones. Like I think about like Brandon Powell and Jalen Rager keep one. That's kind That's of a battle for punt brain is wired. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You, you uh, it, it always every year. Um, and, and like, that's the intrigue of the preseason, right? Like that punt returner battle is kind of a loser goes home battle. Or I think about like Nick Mullins and Jaron Hall, who gets to be QB two. That's really interesting to me. Will I they keep a third one? If it's Jaron Hall, like it, it, you know, now the rules are different. So you, it's a little bit more likely to keep a third one, but will they only keep two anyways? Cause they want to keep somebody else on the roster. There's all kinds of interesting questions when you get to that deep part of the roster and, and the roster bubble. I think that's what compels me the most in the preseason, which if you've listened to the way Kevin O'Connell talks about it, we're not seeing any starters. Cam Bynum is not going to play in the in the preseason unless he is losing his starting job. So this is kind of, if you, if you want some intrigue in the preseason, it's an elimination game. Speaking of intrigue in the preseason, remember we have our preseason fantasy teams. I'm so excited. All oh, right. Oh no. <laughs> One yes, month away. You guys right. for preseason oh, fantasy football. That's going to be fantastic. Oh, no. Um, we've seen, and I think the correct answer, like the most vital competition is at corner because those guys are going to be exposed so many times during a game. I also think that sans Daniel, this edge battle is huge because if Daniel's not in the picture, um, we've seen how punchless edge rushing can just totally neuter a defense, you know, like even with like when Unique Ngakwe was struggling, except for his one sack per game, it was like it was hard to watch when DJ it's usually Wadham a pretty was, good sack. I would say like we add that it looked pretty good when he did get the sack. I will say yeah, that. yeah, no, he he was good for one per game for sure. But then and then DJ Wadham replacing him like the 2020 pass rush was just so pitiful to watch, and and you feel that like you they feel that in the course that of the game horrible. Yeah, it was um, just get they, like so hard. Yeah, it was yeah. every element of playing the position they were bad at. So, that's, anyways, that's if Daniel big... Hunter uh, gets traded, guess who's starting? <laughs> it's the same guy. Unique it's Unique Ngakwe. <laughs> Honestly, it, be... it might be Unique Ngakwe and DJ Wanham. Like, <laughs> he's available, man. Go get him. Go get your guys. <laughs> Marcus Davenport moves inside. Your edge rushers might look a little too familiar. <laughs> PTSD, oh, actually, PTSD. that's a that's like an interesting element of the edge competition is if Marcus Davenport is, is playing at a way he count. Yeah, that kind of suits. Yeah, um, because if he if he like primarily plays inside because he's like 280, 300, you know, that like opens up. Right. You know, who's playing 
a true edge. And in, the, in a Brian Flores defense with shifting fronts, there's like, you know, a possibility that he's playing a five. And so he's like a down uh, lineman that's playing on, you know, the head up or outside the tackle. And so it's like kind of an edge, kind of like Tano Passano did with the Chiefs. But like, you know, I think primarily we're thinking of guys like rushing off the edge, having a little bit of extra space. People like, you know, Patrick Jones or DJ Wanham or, you know, whatever, right? So, like, what's going to happen there? I just, it, that is a real possibility that we get one of these undrafted, like Andre Carter, to just yeah. make an appearance and do something. Th- this is Between where Patrick Luke- Jones and DJ Wanham, who do we think ends up, injury notwithstanding, getting more run this season? I, so, like, the Vikings have trusted Wanham a lot more just over the course of a lot. And obviously, it's two different coaching staffs, but like, I, I want to say Wanham, but it's just the for a backup, the floor is like relatively high and the ceiling is relatively there's like a thin band of performance you can expect out of this guy, you know, unblocked pressures aside. Um Thank you, Justin you know. Fields. <laughs> Thank you, Justin Fields. But I think that there's still more potentially to unlock with Patrick Jones. Um I I just I can't like it my my brain is just saying it's got to be DJ Wanham. He's just like more of a guy that they know what they're getting. But I, ju- I just He's feel chalk. like there's just a yeah. But I just I'm just gonna go with Patrick Jones because I just feel like there's just potentially something you could do with that. Yeah, it, I, I too would Jones go with Patrick Jones. Edge. And and that's yeah. the the big difference is DJ Wanham. Yeah, and he had some moments last year, which is nice. Yeah, he had some moments of disruption and explosion, and there's this like excitement that is is like really visible, but. Patrick Jones can take on a tackle and not get washed out, you know, in the way that DJ Wanham famously undersized is gonna, always going to yeah. struggle with that. Yeah. Yeah. And just DJ less Wanham compared to Daniil Hunter coming out. Fewer scuffles. <laughs> the next Daniil Hunter. Andre Patterson. Fewer struggles with Patrick Jones than DJ Wanham, who's proven with a very big sample size that it's hard for him to play football. Yeah, that sample size in and of itself is kind of an indication. There's a reason that Patrick Jones didn't have a big sample size, and it's because DJ Wanham was earning reps over him. Yeah, yeah, and that's important, is that, like, yeah. the signal that we get from coaches' decisions is important. But this this is why Braun's fascination in, like, the roster bubble battles, I think, is important here, because this is not a deep roster, right? Like, there's a lot of positions where number one and number four might not be that different, right? Or maybe 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 take out number one where they're top heavy, right? Like you've got a Harrison Smith and then you've got a bunch of other safeties kind of in this pot. Um, same with defensive line and edge rusher. So it's more about who makes the team. And if you make the team, you have a chance to play. There's probably going to be rotations at a lot of places and chances for guys to fall back and lose reps and then get replaced, right? Like I don't think there's a lot of players on that defense that are immune to being benched or rotated out. So it is important who makes the team in the end, like Braun was pointing out. So watching those bubble positions, I think like the guy number 53 in the roster could play. There might not be any red shirts this year per se with the way this defense is structured. Thoughts on that? Especially in the way that, that Brian Flores defenses approach the secondary guy, number 53 kind of like will play like everybody gets in, everybody rotates, everybody's got a matchup and a role. Josh Metellus might be listed as safety three, but he's like got his role. That's his job. That's the thing that he does. And it might even be the same for scene who uh, he's also rotated in, in some like three safety sets, right? Or is it only been when like Harrison Smith has been out? 
Um, I mean, uh, in practice mean, like or in last year in, in like mini camp in practice and stuff. Yeah. Cause I know Metellus has gotten more yeah. run and is clearly above him on the depth chart, but it haven't there been like moments where scene is out there and it's like, it's this rotation where everybody has yeah. some role and we have to kind of determine who is safety one, safety two, safety three, safety four by snap counts, but nobody's a zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well put. Yeah, yeah um, I, I, I will. I will add though that, like, when you take a look at kind of the depth that they have, you know, back to the edge rusher conversation, you look at that the depth that they have at edge rusher, and then you look at like the depth that they have at receiver, right? It's not as if like we know that like Christian Jackson's good or that Thayer Thomas is good, right? We don't know that, but we're more excited about them, or we're more excited even about like some of the like defensive tackle positions, right? Like we're, we're like we could see something with Odomewo, right? We could see something with like Jaquel and Roy, there's like very outside of like Andre Carter, there's just very little uh, at depth for edge rusher where you just like feel legitimately excited. Unless like you're a really big Luigi Villain stand, in which case power to you. But like, there's like a lot less for us to be like, yeah, I get it. I see like there's you, I can, I can chart the path here for like an exciting story to be written about like an undrafted guy or a bottom of the roster guy to make a big impact. Like if, um, if Christian Jackson makes a big impact, I mean, that would be a surprise. There's no question about that. That'd be a really phenomenal story. But it would also be well covered enough because we've been watching this guy do all right in minicamp against the ones sometimes, right? Where we can tra- track and chart and see what that would look like, right? Like it is maybe 1%, maybe less than 1% chance that he overtakes KJ Osmond. But if he does, we get it. We can see what that looks like. It is very difficult for us to see what that looks like at edge rusher. There's just not a lot of promise behind the mediocre starter like position. It's just the whole position is like shot right now. And so that's like, I think the frustrating thing about it. Let's end the show with this on a little more positive note as well. Start the clock. It's time to execute the four minute drill. All right, only three of us, so you get a minute 20 each to plead a case for a Viking to make the Pro Bowl for the first time this season. A first-time Pro Bowler on the roster. Who's it going to be, Luke? Uh, I don't need It's Derisaw. I feel like Derisaw is like the only answer to this question. <laughs> it's, it's funny with offensive linemen. They kind of will have their true breakout season, but nobody notices because it's O-line. I'm seeing people say, man, Christian Derrissaw has really solidified himself as like a top 20 tackle. And it's like, are you kidding me? Top 20? This dude's in the top oh, five. The Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, of all tackles, I think. So in, you know, the upper third, but it's like, come on. Mm-hmm. The, the the stuff that Christian Derrissaw did last year, the things that the Vikings asked of him, the degree of difficulty, and then the excellence to which he uh, accomplished that task was absolutely incredible. But I think with uh, the Pro Bowl in general, and especially with offensive line, these things tend to lag a year. So I, I, I think that Christian Derrissaw has already proven who he is, but this year everybody's going to notice that it's going to put him in the Pro Bowl. All right. Uh, well, I can't take Christian Derrissaw. That is the best player to take for, I think, this argument. I kind of want to avoid taking like the first round rookie. I feel like that's a cop out. So instead, I'm going to take the slightly more difficult position of Marcus Davenport, who uh, played very poorly last year 
right? But has a history of production that can translate into something tangible on the field in the right environment. So the problem with Marcus Davenport last year was that his pressures weren't converting into sacks and he wasn't turning a ton of his wins into pressures, but he actually had a fairly high pass rush win rate. One reason he couldn't do that is because Cameron Jordan fell off. In fact, Marcus Davenport was double teamed more often than Cameron Jordan because he was a bigger threat at 300 pounds coming off the edge to do damage than Cameron Jordan was despite Cameron Jordan's history. I think I'm saying Jordan Cameron wrong. Anyway. Um, no, it's Cam Jordan. Right? right? No, it's Cam, it's Cam Jordan, right? Because Steve Jordan's son. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. But the thing is, uh, Davenport has a pass rush win rate over his career of almost 18%. That is a top 15 mark across the NFL. His pressure percentage of 14% is also a top 15 mark over the course of his time in the NFL. He hasn't turned those pressures into sacks, but we know that pressures and wins predict sacks better than sacks themselves do. If Daniel Hunter plays this season, and I think there's a strong possibility he does. He is more likely to see attention. That opens up space for something like Marcus Davenport, who is very likely to show up at camp at his ideal playing weight of 260 instead of 280 or 300. And that's going to allow him to make some pressure. And we know he's going to get a lot of snaps because who's going to replace him? We just talked about it. <laughs> yeah, a star star in the making. Um, I think that having the two best candidates taken, I'm going to go with a guy that I'm actually not high on, but Alexander Madison, because... Okay, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a path for him to rush at a career best efficiency-wise. There's a chance, right? He could go for 4.8 yards per carry, gets 200 touches, okay. Then he's around 1,000 yards. Well, there was only um, like 16 or 15,000-yard backs last year. So if he was like the had the eighth most yards in the NFL somehow, because again, there just aren't that many 1,000-yard guys anymore. That's the way the league works. I, I could see him get, being like an alternate, you know, named after some like three people drop out, Alexander Madison. Oh, hey, he had 1,000 yards and 12 touchdowns. Send him in. Hey, a, a, lot, of, a lot of the backs that people are excited about are in the AFC. It's just a uh, Christian McCaffrey and Saquon. You got to worry about. Yeah. So last year's rushing leaders, Jacobs, AFC, Henry, AFC, Chubb, AFC, Saquon, you mentioned Sanders is gone, right? He's in Carolina now, I think. So oh, he's Carolina. He's NFC, but I yep. don't see him getting like a huge workload there. Dalvin, probably AFC. Probably. ZTN, we don't know. AFC. Jamal Williams, where is he now? Uh, New Orleans, I think. But I that probably doesn't... not a big workload there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's where we're at. That's uh, our formula. Ryan Wright. I want to show that. I, I want to throw the name Ryan Wright out too, if he can find a little more consistency. I feel like he. Oh he could, yeah. He could get there. Plus, I just feel like if you're at a specialist position and you're memeable, you're just more likely to get those yeah. purple votes. Yeah. yeah. And he's pretty memeable. He's, he's no McAfee, which like. You know, obviously, as media personality, you can have some radio. All of this, as as a player, I mean, he was very memeable. But Ryan Wright is, yeah. If Greg Joseph was a little cooler, uh, the Vikings would have such a cool group of specialists. Greg Joseph is not cool. If like Um, one third of the specialists were cooler, they'd have a cool group. Because (laughs) DePaula, sick group. DePaula, best long snapper in the league. Wright is like a very distinctive player at his position yes um if they had a kicker with any character they would have the trifecta 
I just like I feel like the Vikings are hesitant about character at uh the specialist positions just after the Chris Chloe thing. Fair enough. <laughs> they haven't avoided it entirely, right? They got the Scottish hammer for a second, right? I'm just saying, like I I think that they're just like, ah, it's, you know, it doesn't we don't need problems. This position's not that important. We can't have a position that's not that important have problems. <laughs> They're still scarred. No far paper. left specialists. Got it. <laughs> that goes double for kickers. It's the particular trauma there. Yeah. Um, tomorrow on the Minnesota Football Party, Luke Inman and I are back at it. Luke will rejoin the show. Uh, Arif and Luke Braun will be back with us on Thursday. But thank you for tuning in. Subscribe on YouTube for free. And we're also available wherever you get your podcasts. Roku, Amazon Fire, Series XM, lots of ways to digest the show. We appreciate you watching. And uh, so long for now on the Minnesota Football Party.